great, great day to be in the house of God. I'm so glad you're here today. Would you just remain standing for just a moment? I'm going to read some scripture to you. If you have a Bible, I'm going to be in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, um, you can go to the app store, download what's called version. I read out of the uh, New Living Translation. While you're kind of looking that up, we are in the season of Lent. Lent is that season where um, it's the 40 days leading up to Easter. Um, how, how many of you are, and it's all time when you fast or you also give up something for Lent. Anybody giving something up for Lent? Raise your hand. Okay, a lot of you are. Turn, if you raise your hand, turn to somebody, tell them, say, this is what I'm giving up for Lent. This is what I'm giving up for Lent, okay? What are you giving up for Lent? What are you giving up? Uh, for me, it was social media. For Pastor Daniel, it was a minivan. Uh, for everybody's, everybody's got something they're giving up. Big sacrifices some of us are making than others. It wasn't bad enough that he gave up his iPhone for a couple weeks ago. Now he's giving up that. Man, you are, you are Mr. Sacrifice. We, man, we just follow you and your greatness, okay? But we are in the Lent season, and it's this 40 days that leads up to Easter, where we just reflect and we remember and we fast and we pray. In fact, we have open prayer uh, every Wednesday night here in the auditorium. We have live worship. It's come and go prayer, so you can come for 10 minutes or you can stay for the whole hour, however you want. You can bring your kids with you. Uh, we have some leaders here that can pray with you or you can pray alone. It's just, it's just nice to just come. I would encourage you, if you've never fasted before, make Wednesday night your meal that you fast and come for that. And then, by the way, a, a week from Wednesday, a couple Wednesdays away, we're going to do core community where we gather out in the lobby and we are going to be doing a special service where we're going to be honoring Jen Boren in that service. So mark your calendars for that first Wednesday of April. Uh, we also have a, a guide. We've been going through the Gospels and reading through the Gospels. You can get that at corechurch.com. And we've been looking in this series called Revived. I, I believe this is the year of revival. God wants to revive some dead things. I mean, he wants to do some resurrection things in your life that maybe you stop believing for. And we're looking at these seven different resurrection stories from Scripture, which you may have thought Jesus was the only one in Scripture resurrected, but we are looking at different accounts of that. And what I want to talk about today is reviving resources, reviving resources. How many of you could use a little bit more pay in your check? Anybody feeling that? Anybody? Okay. About, about 10 of you. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't. okay. We need to take a second offering because this is a very wealthy crowd. So let's take a second offering. Amen. Okay. We won't. All right. Okay. But I believe what I'm going to talk about today is applicable to any area of your life any area of your life. So if you got a Bible, Luke 7 is where we are. Luke was a physician. He uh, was a companion of Paul, and he wrote this detailed account of Jesus' life. And we're going to begin in verse 11. It says, As soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. This, this is our God. This is who he is. Is He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of compassion. This is why you're here. It, listen, if you don't think that about Jesus, this is who he is. Man, he loves you. And he just wants to do good things for your life. And he said this, don't cry. Then he walked over to the coffin. He touched it and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. And then the dead boy sat up and he began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mama. And let's pray. Father, for your word today, we are thankful 
And I just pray in, in the moments that we have that you would speak to us. Church, I want to ask you, just, just pray for each other. Uh, you might know the people around you, you, might not, but there are people here that know Jesus. There are people that are hurting financially. There are people that are carrying heavy burdens and struggles. We got to pray for one another. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray. Say, God, I'd like to hear from you. What do you want to say to me? And then just pray for me as your pastor uh, that I'll be faithful to the word of God today. And if you're ready, in Jesus' name, give me a big amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. Well, does anybody uh, have an appliance in your house that's making a sound it shouldn't? Anybody got one of those? Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I got one of those. Uh, you know, and when you hear it, you don't really hear the sound it's making because in your head all you hear is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. You, all you see is dollar signs rolling through your eyeballs because you're just like, man, I'm just getting ready to get hit with it. Our wa- this is our washing machine at home. Uh, this thing is so loud, you can't have it on and watch TV at the same time. I, I'm not exaggerating this. And when it shuts off, it rocks about a foot, and it just it sounds like a bomb going off when it stops. It's just like, boom, like that. Scares us to death. I feel like it's going to just come, the motor's going to come shooting out of the washing machine, through the TV, the wall, and land in the neighbor's yard. I, I'm waiting for that day. But, but when that happens, you know, you just get... You feel a bit overwhelmed, and, and uh, when I, I think our washing machine has character, I, that's how I would describe it. Laura would use another word uh, that I can't use in church, but I, I think it has character, and I, and I want it to hang on as long as it can possibly hang on. But I'm thinking any day now it's going to go. But what I was shocked with is this past week, it wasn't the washing machine that went out, it was the, the dryer that went out. Um, it wasn't heating up. And, uh, and I was like, you know, may, maybe I can fix this. So I know a couple weeks ago I said that you shouldn't do that, or at least I shouldn't do that, but I went on and Googled it, and I found out, oh, I think it's the heating element, and then I found a YouTube video, which a couple weeks ago I said you shouldn't do, or I shouldn't do, and I watched this YouTube video, and I I can do this. I can fix this thing. And so I Googled the part, and it was only 20 bucks. And I thought, man, I know I can do this in Jesus' name. And, and so, so I ordered the part, the part came in, and, and I, I got the dryer and the little YouTube video on my phone, and I'm watching the video, and, and, I, and I get the whole thing back together, and it's working perfectly for 20 bucks. How awesome is that? You were expecting a different story from me, but no, it's working. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. There's no way he did that. I did that, and I appreciate the love because I need self-esteem. I need uh, <laughs> to feel like I'm going to be okay. But it's, it's awesome when that happens, isn't it? Like when you think you're going to be overwhelmed by an expense and it turns out to be nothing. Like have you ever gone to the doctor and they tell you, um, hey, uh, I've got to give you this prescription, and oh, it doesn't come in generic. You're like, oh, man. And, but then the doctor says these wonderful words, hey, I'm going to give you some samples. That's just such a great feeling. Or, or you go to the mechanic and, and you think it's going to be this huge ordeal, ends up not. It's just, he's like, hey, you know what? It was just a loose belt and you, uh, no charge. Like, oh man, this is amazing. Or, or you, go, you ever gone to your mailbox to get a bill, bill and it wasn't a bill, but it was a refund? You ever had, how many of you ever had that happen where the, the company sent you money back? You, you're like, I'm not calling them. <laughs> And it's usually only like 14 bucks, but you're like, woo, four to, thank you, Jesus. I mean, you're so excited that you got 14 bucks. But more times than not, that's not the way it goes down, is it? I, I mean, typically it's the dryer 
uh, goes out and you got to buy a brand new one, which I think Laura may have sabotaged our dryer because she wanted one that you could see through. You know, like, I want to see my clothes spinning around. That's not going to happen for a while, honey. And so you, you want something great to happen, but many times it doesn't. You go to the doctor. And he says, hey, um, we got to run more tests. Or you come out and your minivan is gone. And it's not coming back. Or you, you go to the mechanic and he says, oh, there's a couple of other things that we, we found. Or you go to the mailbox and you, it looks like a bill and it is a bill. I mean, in those moments, do you not just get overwhelmed and just a little bit frustrated and just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. And, and just all the alarms start going off. And so today I was just wondering, what if, what if we could replace worry and stress and frustration with hope, peace, and confidence? How awesome would that be in your life? If when it came to the financial picture in your life, instead of worry, stress, and frustration, you actually, when it came to your finances, you had hope, you had peace, and you had confidence. Well, I want us to look at the story of this widow because she found herself in a similar situation. Look at, with me at Luke chapter 7 and verse 12. Let's just read this again. A funeral procession was coming out as Jesus approached the village gate. And the young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. Now, when we read this, one of the things that we see immediately is how distraught this must be and how difficult it must be for this widow because she's lost her only son. She's lost her husband. Now she's lost her only son. But this is a double tragedy for her. Because what you may or may not realize is in this time period, because she had uh, no longer had a son or a husband, she had no means of income. So this is a double tragedy for her. It's, it's not like it is today. Like today, ladies, you can go out and you can get a job. And you may not have fair wages, and I understand all those things that are going on in our society. And, and that, but you know, you know what? If, if I were to go through a divorce or if I were to lose my income or if we needed a second income, many of you, if not most of you ladies, you know what that's like. You can go out and you find that job. But in this time period, this lady, she had no means of income. She was relying on a husband and he was gone. And then she was relying on a son and he was gone. And now she's just uncertain about her future. I mean, in this moment, she's got to be saying, like, what am I going to do? Like, how, how am I going to make it? Maybe that's, maybe that's how you feel a little bit when it comes to your financial picture is maybe you've lost a job or you have had a, a pay cut or you didn't get the promotion that you, you thought you were going to get or you're looking for a job and it's still not coming and you're working or maybe you're making minimum wage and you think, man, am I ever going to get out of this minimum wage job? Or maybe it's just that there's just not enough money in the bank account. There's just not enough money. I mean, the bank account is low and the bills are getting higher. And in moments like that, what happens to us is we just get worried, we get stressed, and we get frustrated because we don't know how we're going to make it. I mean, has this ever happened to you? Like when, that, when you get in that moment, I just was paying bills yesterday. And I was sitting there at the computer, and man, I'm telling you, hope and peace and confidence were not rising in this preacher. 
Okay, I can tell you what was rising because I'm, I'm telling tell you right now. What was rising in me was worry and stress and frustration because I, I didn't practice something that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you today that I think is going to be very practical for all of us. It's completely untested. It, usually as a preacher, you don't do this, but I'm going to give you something today that is completely untested, but I think it's going to work because yesterday I didn't practice it and worry, stress, and frustration just kept going up and up and up. Can anybody relate? Any, anybody? Amen? Anybody? Okay. What do you do in a moment like that? I think as the people of God, we've got to remind ourselves, God is the source of my resources. You've got to remind yourself, God is the source of my resources. Can you say that with me? God is the source of my resources. Now, somebody around you is struggling to believe that, so you need to turn to two or three people right now and tell them, hey, God is your source. God is your source. God is the source of your resources. Look what verse 13 says. It says, when what? The Lord saw her. Say this to me. When what? The Lord saw her. The Lord saw her and his heart overwhelmed with compassion. What did he say? He said, don't cry. Don't cry. What not to say at a funeral? Hey, stop the blubbering. I mean, that's just not, that seems, can we be honest? Doesn't that seem a little bit uncompassionate? I guess it's not what you say to somebody at a funeral. Why would Jesus say something like this? It's because Jesus sees life and not death. Everyone else in this moment sees death, but Jesus walks up on the scene and he sees a boy alive. See, for us in our lives, we we can't see beyond our current circumstances, but God sees into our tomorrow. Like somebody, somebody needs to hear that today. You can't see beyond what you're struggling with because worry and stress and frustration are just chaotic and you can't see through all of the noise, but God sees into your tomorrow. This is why Luke here says, and he says that Jesus is Lord. It's interesting, he, earlier in the story, he called him Jesus, but here in this particular verse, he says the Lord In other words, I I think one of the reasons why he said that is because Jesus is Lord over our yesterday, he's Lord over our today, and he's Lord over our tomorrow. Come on now, if you're a follower of Jesus, is he not Lord over your yesterday? You were a sinner. You were far from God, blinded by sin, no hope. Your healing wasn't non-existent. You had no future, but he took your sin and your shame and he covered it and he is Lord over your sin because of the blood of Jesus. He's Lord over your yesterday. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, guess what? You are Lord over your yesterday. You're stuck in your sin. You're stuck in your shame. You're stu- there ain't no out for you. But those of us who placed our faith in Jesus, this is why we do it, because he's Lord of my yesterday, but he's also the Lord of my today. But the good news is he's the Lord of my tomorrow. Like when I'm a follower of Jesus, he's, he is Lord of my tomorrow. He is already in my tomorrow. So the question that we all have to wrestle with and we have to ask ourselves is, am I Lord over my finances or is Jesus Lord over my finances? Am I Lord over my finances or is Jesus Lord? Because 
When I'm Lord over my finances, which is how I tend to crutch to at times, is when I'm Lord over my finances, guess what? I'm in control of my tomorrow. And guess what that means? I'm in control of my tomorrow, which means stress and worry and frustration are all going to rise because everything is dependent on me. It's all on me. If we're going to have a good tomorrow, if I'm going to have a good tomorrow, it's all on me. But when Jesus, like here in this passage of scripture that we see that Jesus is Lord, when Jesus is Lord over my finances, it means he's in control of my tomorrow. And if he's in control of my tomorrow, that means my stress and my worry and my frustration can go down and be replaced by hope, peace, and confidence. Because I know he's Lord of my tomorrow, and if he is Lord of my tomorrow, he's already in my tomorrow. That's really good news for you if you're a follower of Jesus. Like, really good news. Especially when the bills are piling up. When they're piling up, you can say in that moment, no, it doesn't matter. God's in control of my tomorrow. He's already there. He's already waiting on me. He's hanging out in your tomorrow, waiting on you. That should give us confidence as followers of Jesus. He is already there. So I can say with confidence, God is the source of my resources. But this widow, she's, man, she's just distraught. It's, it's understandable. She's, she's lost her only son, and she's lost her means, and there's a huge crowd, and she probably didn't see Jesus. I don't know if you've ever lost somebody you love, but when you're at a funeral, man, you you don't see everyone around you. All you see is that one that you've lost. And so it's probable that she didn't even see Jesus amongst the crowd. But here's the good news. Jesus saw her. Jesus saw her. It's tough to see Jesus when worry and stress and frustration are rising. And when the bills are piling up and the bank account is going down, it's tough to see Jesus in that moment. You may not see Jesus, but I can promise you this, Jesus sees you. He sees you, and not only does he see you, but he is there with you. Can we just encourage each other? Turn to somebody, turn to like three people around, and just tell them he's there. He is there. He is there. He sees you. He's waiting on you. He's ready to do something in your life. Now, this is interesting. It's, it's no accident that, that Jesus just happened to be passing by at, at this exact moment. It's not like Jesus was like just wandering like, oh, whoa, how did we, who scheduled this trip? How did, there's a funeral going on. We could have gone a different way. No, it, it didn't happen that way. It wasn't like Jesus was like, whoa, what's going on? Jesus, this was intentional. Jesus showed up right here. This is who our God is. God's power always intersects with us in our weakest moments. All the time. When you are at your weakest, God shows up. This is, this is the story of the Bible. Wait from the very beginning. Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. What does God do? He shows up on the scene. Usually how you hear that is God shows up to tell them, oh, you jacked up your life. Oh, you messed up the rest of the world. Everybody's going to be talking about you for a long time. You just messed everything up. No. He showed up to redeem them. He showed up in that moment as a God of compassion and mercy to say, hey, let me restore you in their weakest moment. Abraham, Abraham has a son, his only son, and God says, I want you to sacrifice him. He goes up on the mountain, and he's right in the moment when he's raising that blade, and he's going to sacrifice his son. He's in his weakest moment, and right in that moment, God intersects with him, and there's the ram in the thicket for him. 
Jonah, Jonah's, he's on a boat and he's going away from God. And think about this. He's going away from God. He's not following God. And they decide there's a storm and they've decided it's Jonah's fault. And they decide they're going to throw Jonah over the side. You ever felt this way? Like you're going to get thrown over the side and you're going to drown in your bills? Do you ever feel that way? I am going to drown. Where are you, Jesus? And when does God show up? Right there in Jonah's weakest moment. The whale is there. Crazy crazy miracle of God in scripture. Daniel, in the lion's den, Daniel, I mean, the lions are there. Do you, you, you think like your bills have teeth in them? Like they're just, they're just going to eat you alive? I mean, just, they're just going to get at you? And God shuts the mouth of the lion in his weakest moment. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. And they're like, hey, we don't know if we're going to make it. You feel that way financially sometimes? God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. That's how these guys work. We don't know if we're going to make it. They get thrown into the fiery furnace. Who is there with them in their weakest moment? Jesus, right in the middle, delivers them from the fiery furnace. Going to the New Testament, Peter, he's in prison. He's in shackles. You ever feel that way about your finances? I'm in prison. There ain't no way out of this. And Peter's looking around, and he realizes one of his best friends has been killed. And they see what happened. He knows what's happened to him. And he's like, I'm next. But in his weakest moment, an angel is, comes and visits him and delivers him from the jail. Paul. Paul is on a ship and he's headed out and a storm comes up and the ship starts breaking apart and, and every man is overboard and the whole crew is drowning. And in that moment, God takes different parts of that ship and puts a plank in, to every single member of that ship in that moment, in their weakest moment, when they're about to drown, when you're about to drown in your financial situation, when stress and worry and confusion are taking you down, God sent a plank and saved every person on the ship. This is who our God is. Our God shows up with his power in our weakest moment. Come on, that's a good place to say amen. This is who he is. This is what he wants to do for you. So think of it like this. My source is not my job. My source is God. My, my source is not my spouse. My source is God. My, my source is not the bank account. My source is, yeah, my source is in a 401k. My source is, my source is not a tax return. My source is God. God is the source of my resources. He sees you when, even when you don't see him. And he is ready and willing to provide for you. Look at verse 14. It says, then he walked over. This is Jesus walked over to the coffin. He touched it. What does it say? What? The bearers stopped. They stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you what. Come on, say this loud like you mean it. He, he said, what? Get up. Get up. Listen, sometimes like Jesus, you, you, you got to be like Jesus and you got to speak faith over your finances. You got to go James Brown on your finances. You're like, get up, get on up, get up, get on up. I mean, you just got to. Okay. That's the loudest you have been all day. Okay. You, you got to speak faith over your financial situation. You gotta, you gotta believe that God's gonna show up. Listen, the funeral stops when Jesus shows up. This is who he is. This is, this is what he does. But I, I'm gonna tell you how I am. I don't know how you are, but man, I have a funeral procession every single time I go to the mailbox. Like I'm like, dun, 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 dun.
I usually get my neighbors as pallbearers. Here, if you'll take one end of that. Dun, 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 dun. And then you ever do this? You do self-talk when you're walking. You're like, you're, you're definitely not speaking faith over your finances. You're like, yep, oh, that looks like they're not getting their money. Oh, they're not getting anything. Oh, hey, this is like a $25 bill. Hey, I'm all right. Winner chicken dinner. All right. <laughs> One's getting paid. Woo, congratulations. You're the jackpot winner. I mean, you just, you, you ever do that? I, I do that. I just get so overwhelmed and the closer you just, the more you go through it, the more stress, the more anxiety, the more fear, the more frustration, the more overwhelmed you become in, in that moment. Well, what if we stopped? What if we just stopped the funeral procession and said, I'm going to start speaking faith over my finances. Here's, I just want to give you something real practical I think would help us. What if we were to pray before we pay? What if we were to pray before we pay? Man, I'm, I'm a man of prayer. I love prayer. We're a church that prays, but I can tell you so many times I don't pray over my finances. And I begin to wonder why. And full confession, yesterday I, I paid bills and the bills were stacked up and I, I didn't practice what I preach. I didn't, I didn't pray. I should have been praying and I didn't. And, and so I was thinking, what, what if we all tried something? And I'm going to try this for the month of April, because I didn't try this yesterday. I had my stack of bills. I don't know how you pay your bills, but my stack of bills were here, and the computer was here, and it just, it just one by one, just, <laughs> I was getting stress and worry and just getting overwhelmed by it. And I thought, what if we were to all, what if we were to take out a good old-fashioned paper Bible and try this for the month of April? I don't know if it'll work. I want to, this is untried. I don't know if it'll work or not. I think it will. I feel pretty confident about it. But I'd like for us to try this as a church, and I want to hear back if it works for you. But what if you were to take your Bible and you were to set it on the table or wherever it is you pay your bills next to your computer, and what if you took your bills and you set them on top of the Word of God? And you just looked at this, and, you, and when you did this, and every time you grabbed a bill, you looked at it, and you spoke faith over your finances. God is the source of my resources. God is the source of my resources. God is the source of of my resources. I mean, I, I'm looking to this right here. This is where my hope is. This is what God wants to do for me. God is the source of my resources. What's interesting about this crowd and the pallbearers is they, they, uh, they knew who Jesus was. They knew he was the miracle maker. They knew, they'd heard the stories. And so when they saw Jesus show up, man, they got out of the way. They got out of the way so Jesus could step in and do a miracle. So Jesus could not touch that life unless they got out of the way. Listen, for you and I, we need to understand that God can't resurrect what you won't let him touch. If you don't give him access to your finances, if you don't let God touch your finances, if you don't put them out there for him, he cannot resurrect it. But if you get out of the way and you give it over to God, and you let him touch your finances, this is what can happen for you. Look at, look at verse 15. It says this, Then the dead boy sat up, and he began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. When we make room for Jesus, he can revive what is dead. Can you imagine the show and tell at the school the next day for this boy? Ta-da! That would be awesome. You imagine the kid with the ant farm? Well, I guess I'm not going to show this. <laughs> Pretty lame. That would just be amazing. This widow, she goes from mourning to dancing in a second because Jesus touched her life. Not because Jesus paid her bills, 
She wasn't like, woohoo, my son's back, my income's back, woohoo, woohoo. No, he, no, no, she was like, my son is back. Jesus has touched my life. When Jesus touches your life, you go from mourning to dancing. You know, we had last year, at, last, last summer, we had a significant shortfall, and some of you were here for that, and you might remember that. Uh, we had about a $20,000 shortfall, which it might as well have been $200,000. It was a massive shortfall for us as a church. And, and I, as a pastor, I was overwhelmed. Stress and worry and frustration were rising. And I was praying and I was fasting. I was trusting God for a miracle, but I was getting overwhelmed. I remember on, on one Sunday morning, I was sitting right down here on the front row and we were actually uh, singing at the time. And and I was talking to God about it. And I'd love to tell you that I was singing. And in that moment, I was singing the songs. But can you relate to this? Sometimes everybody's singing the song. They got their hands raised. But for you inside, there is no worship. Come on. I mean, you're, you're struggling. You want to worship, but you're struggling. Well, that was me. I said, God, come on. Man, God, what are you, you going and to? I, and I just, God, I just heard God speak to me. And he said, you know, Brad, you just need to chill. Do you know that every person in this congregation gave $100 right now? It just could take care of itself in a second. Just relax. I got it. And, I, and some of you were here that Sunday, and I came up on the platform, and I shared that. And when I shared that, I, I just was sharing that to build our faith as a congregation. But when I did, uh, Stephen Hunt, some of you know Stephen. Is Stephen here? I don't know if he's here this morning or not, but uh, where is he at? Oh, he's in the back right there. Stephen, wave at everybody. Everybody's seeing him. Look back there. This is Stephen Hunt. Stephen was sitting right over here, and, um, and he got up, and and he started coming forward, and, and it, it made, me, made me nervous. <laughs> to be honest, I was like, what's he doing? <laughs> He's coming right at me. Okay, this is an open carry state. I'm not seeing anything. Okay, all right, we're good. We're good. <laughs> but anybody knows me, I'm like, what's he doing? You know, and I didn't know if he was going to come and go, Pastor, I got a word. And I, I said, no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> that's not how I roll, by the way. So, and most of you know that. And so he comes up, I'm freaking out. I'm nervous. I don't know what he's doing. And he comes up and, and he reaches out and he says, hey, pastor, here's, here's my hundred. He hands me a $100 bill. I'm telling you, I, I felt the, the glory and the presence and the manifest spirit of God fall on a church like I have seen very rarely. I mean, it was just overwhelming, the spirit of God. In that moment, Jesus touched every person in that place through Stephen Hunt. And when he did that, then a guy by the name of Steve Rizak, who was sitting right over here in first service, he gets up and he comes up and he hands me a $100 bill. And I'm thinking, where are these guys getting $100 bills? <laughs> Especially men. I don't know how you are, but my wife takes all the money out of my wallet. I ain't got nothing. Here's a credit card. That's about all I got. One after another, after another, after another, people started coming forward and the floodgates opened and it was just so overwhelming. I didn't know what to do with it and, and people began to uh, come and, and, they, and they, they just laid their, their treasures on, on this platform before God Almighty. It was, it was the most amazing experience I'd ever been a part of. And when we were all said and done and over the next few weeks, God not only brought $20,000, but he brought $27,000 for our congregation. He's a God of miracles. This is who he is. This is what he does. But what I want you to hear is what I didn't know about this story. I was talking to Stephen Hunt about it this week, and he, I said, why did you do that, man? Like, that was crazy. And he said, well, he said, you know, a few months before that, you'd been talking about that we should trust God with our finances, and we should give to God, and it didn't matter if we were broke or not, we should give to God. And he said, I was frustrated because I'm broke, 
He said, I was broke at the time. I literally had no money, no money in checking savings, nothing. I was barely paying my bills if that. And he said, all I had was like 40 bucks in my wallet and I had nothing. And, I, and, and you just said, you need to trust God. Even if you have nothing, you need to give it and trust God. And I hold to that, by the way. You got to trust God. And, and so I believe that because that's what I practice over and over again. My God is always faithful. He will never, ever leave me short. This is who he is for three decades now. Take me up on this. I'm telling you, you're missing it if you're not letting God touch your finances. And so that's kind of what I preached that day. And, and Stephen said that he was just came under this kind of conviction, and the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to give what's in your wallet. He said he only had $40 in his wallet. He said, it's all I had. It's, I mean, it's all I had. And I was going to be broke if I gave that. And he said, here comes the offering bucket my way, the bucket of death, you know, coming my way. <laughs> You all see it coming. And, and, and he's like, God's telling me, give it. And he's like, oh. And he said, I just pried it out of my wallet and I put it into the bucket. And he said, and he went on. He said, before it got to the end of the aisle, somebody tapped him on the shoulder and they handed him an envelope. And inside that envelope was $500. <laughs> before the bucket got to the end of the row, God did a mi- That's the quickest I've ever heard. How many of you want to take an offering now? <laughs> Let's do it, preacher. <laughs> and he gives it. God blesses him. And, and I, I wish I could tell you he's been good ever since then, but this is how it works. Trusting God is a process. It's a process of stress, worry, Frustration, okay, I'm going to trust God so that hope and peace and confidence will rise. And uh, a few months ago, Stephen ended up in the hospital with pneumonia, and he lost about three weeks' worth of income. And with what he does for a living, he could not get those three weeks back. Some of you can relate to that. And he wasn't able to get those back, and he barely had enough money and savings. And he was like, I'm, he was behind. He didn't know what he was going to do to pay his bills. He's laying in the hospital. There's nothing he, could, nothing he could do. And some guys from the locker room, uh, men's conference, found out about it. And um, I love how God does this. He reversed it and threw it back on Stephen, and they took a love offering for Stephen. So like six or eight months before that, Stephen comes forward, and he gives to God, and then God comes around, turns it around, and gives back to him. And they did this love offering, and when it was all said and done, and through some other circumstances and situations for him, every single one of his bills and all three weeks of income were made good. This is our God. If I will get out of the way, if I will get out of the way, if I will make room for him, if I will let him touch my finances, if I will let him touch that thing that seems to be dead, he will revive it. This is our God. He wants to step into your picture and my picture, and he wants to give you hope. He wants desperately to give you peace, and he wants to give you confidence. That's what I want to pray over you today. Would you just bow your heads for a moment and just let's just talk to God for a moment. Where are you at? Are you, are you worn out? Are you struggling trusting him right now in this moment? Just say, God, I'm going to learn to trust you. Take my stress, take my worry, take my frustration. God, I need your hope. God, I need you to bring me peace. I need you to bring me confidence. Maybe today you need to surrender. You need to say, I need to get out of the way. I need to trust God with my finances and I'm not doing it. I want him to touch my finances. God, would you touch my finances? If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is what I want to tell you. Don't be stuck in your yesterday. Don't be stuck in your yesterday. He's the God of your yesterday. 
I'm telling you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, your sin, your shame can be gone. He wants to restore you right now. He wants to be the God over that, his blood covering your sin and your shame so you remember it no more. All you have to do in this moment is ask him to be that. God, take it from me. I wanna follow after you. And guess what? He now becomes the God of your yesterday, today, and now he is the God of your tomorrow. Hope has come and his name is Jesus. Father, we thank you for this. Thank you for hope. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen.